mindfulness is so simple. It is literally just awareness. Unless we are completely aware of ourselves and how we feel and what our view of the world is, we can't truly start to design anything moving forward at all. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today's conversation is going to be on mindfulness. I have a very special guest with me today who has kindly agreed to share her perspective on the subject and provide you with some insight on how you can live more mindfully and incorporate the principles of mindfulness into your life design process. Before we get into it, I have a quick announcement I want to make. In January, I'm going to be launching the next wave of the True Horizon program, which is nine weeks of one-to-one life design coaching, as well as access to exclusive content and material that guides you from not quite being sure what you want from life or not feeling capable of making the changes you want to make, to being in a place where you're actively making progress towards goals that feel meaningful and purposeful and integrate into your life in a way that allows you to really build momentum and play a more active role in your life. You'll work on developing the mindset and habits that will align you with the lifestyle that you choose, that you get to design. And I'll be with you every step of the way for those nine weeks, guiding you in that process. And because this is still an early version of the program that you would have a chance to sign up for, you can enroll today for £200, which is a fraction of what the later version is likely to cost. I'm in the middle of running the initial beta version, which has had some amazing feedback so far and has allowed me to streamline the process and iron out the kinks. So if you want into the 2.0, or have any questions and want to know more, then get in touch today. Send me a message on social or email me. All my contact details are in the description of this episode, which I don't want to leave you waiting for any longer, so let's get into it. As I said, I'm here virtually anyway with Kim, who I'm going to pass the mic to now. So would you like to give our listeners a little introduction? Tell us a bit about what it is you do. Okay, so hi, my name is Kim. Thank you so much for having me on, Jason. Um, I am an online content creator that owns Keeping It Mindful, which is a place to talk all about mindful life design and mindful living, um, living with intention and sort of just being more self-aware and how that can help you build a life that really suits you and that makes you happy and fulfilled and yeah that's what keeping it mindful is all about i love it yeah i mean, when i when I came across your your instagram account like it it, it just i don't know it, it really jumped out at me, at me as being you know more than the you know there's a lot of people who create content around mindfulness and that sort of thing but it's a little bit sparse you know it's a little bit fluffy mm-hmm like I really like the the depth and the perspective that you took and the and what you were sharing and yeah it was just it was it was refreshing you know so I'm yeah glad to finally have you on the podcast so yeah the first thing that I suppose I want to look at with you is obviously like mindfulness is really key to the content you put out to the message that you're sharing and I mean, I've studied psychology and that was kind of where I first became aware of mindfulness. And then again, through sort of personal development, spiritual growth, you know, that whole kind of side of things, it pops up there as well. And 
there were very different perspectives on what mindfulness was. And then, you know, through like miscellaneous content online, you, you see quite a lot of different takes on it and, you know, different perspectives and definitions. So what is mindfulness to you, like in, in your own kind of understanding and words? Okay. So, um, I've asked this question of myself a lot, to be mm. fair, because like you say, when you, you go to so many different sources and there seems to be a very slight difference in description of it. Um, but for me personally, mindfulness is a very simple thing and that is simply awareness. Um, it's awareness in the moment. It's bringing all of your attention into uh, the moment that you're in, including your senses, including your experience. Um, there's obviously a lot of information out there about mindfulness meditation, which is a great way of grounding yourself in the moment and anchoring yourself. Um, but I, I, I like to explore mindfulness as, as more of a way of, of living. So bringing your awareness, bringing your attention into your experience of life in general, not just as a practice. Um, and I think it's such an intriguing way of, of experiencing life to be fair, because the natural way of living is to be sort of either a go, go, go all the time, or there's so much information out there and our attention is so outward that to experience life by looking inward and by sort of just grounding yourself in the current moment is almost an unnatural way of being. So it's really intriguing to see how it affects me personally, how I see it affect other people. And I think it's something that a lot of people are craving and I find myself craving from day to day as well. Um, and the more I talk to people, the more I see them almost instinctively wanting it more because almost their bodies intuitively knowing that it's it would be beneficial to sort of shut off the outside noise and focus on the inward a little bit more. Even if the person isn't aware completely that that is what they're wanting, they're almost instinctively craving it. And that to me is one, what mindfulness is, 100% awareness of the moment, but also what mindfulness gives us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. And especially what you say about it not just being a, you know, I'm doing mindfulness right now because I'm sitting down and I'm, you know, listening to the wind and then, you know, I get on with my life. It's this, mm -hmm. it's a state. It's like a, like it's part of your life. It's integral. It's something that you carry through whatever you're doing. It's like, I, yeah, I really like that. Like not seeing it as like an isolated event or a practice like it can be that and that's a way to develop it but ultimately it's yeah. it's awareness it's you know part of your perception of the world and i like that point you made about people not really knowing it like it's not a conscious thing but kind of craving what mindfulness could could give them mm. and i was wondering if like I, I, I don't know there are some things that you might i don't know you could think of as like almost like symptoms of somebody craving what mindfulness could give them, like something for that people could maybe recognize in their selves or in their own behavior or thoughts that they could then say, oh, okay, so mindfulness is maybe something that could address that. So what kind of things could people look out for? That's a really good question. Um, I think that me personally, 
before I really went down the path of mindfulness, I found I would get overwhelmed very, very easily with, with even small things. Like, um, I used to say when I was, when I was younger, I used to say that I hated going out because I was bombarded with information. So you have even like billboards and the radio's on and there's adverts coming through and, um, there's people around that are giving you all sorts of information and opinions and, there's just so much noise and that's very overwhelming. Um, and I used to feel a real sense of overwhelm that mindfulness does help with a lot. Um, stress and uh, anxiety can be uh, triggered a little bit when we're almost craving that, that mindfulness, um, our mindful way of living. Mm. Um, I've, uh, had experience with burnout as well from all of this information that um, is coming at me um, for want of a better word and I think that that burnout is quite a it's like a, almost like an end result of all the other little things the overwhelm the stress the anxiety the the just so much noise being there um, that eventually our brain goes, no more, thank you. I don't want any more. Mm. Um, and I think mindfulness can really help with that. And those sort of symptoms can be real triggers that can help us realize that actually maybe we need to have a little bit more quiet or slow down a little or be a little bit more mindful, learn a little bit about what our brain and our mind and our heart needs in order to cope with all the other stuff. Mm. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's a great answer. Because I think most people could relate to elements of that, you know, whether it's just the kind of day-to-day -day stresses and anxieties, or if it, as like you say, it kind of builds up into that feeling of being overwhelmed and just absolutely swamped, you know, where, where it's like your, your whole system is just screaming out, like, you need to pay attention to this. So I'm going to ramp up yeah, to the point that. where you have no, you know, alternative but to pay attention, really, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, I think that's quite an interesting thing, like that when, when people think of, or at least, you know, there's a kind of common perception of mindfulness and anything remotely spiritual as being, you know, always in a state of calm and there are birds singing and a dream catcher twinkling somewhere in the distance and very soft voices. And, you know, it's like, but the idea of like applying a mindfulness, you know, kind of perspective or meditating even, in the midst of feeling anxious and overwhelmed and stressed and all these, you know, negative kind of things. Not that you'll be able to, you know, see it because this is a podcast, but I keep doing air quotes and it doesn't translate well into audio. So I need to remember <laughs> that. But yeah, like that kind of, you know, thinking that you could apply something like mindfulness to those air quotes, negative experiences. I think that's something that a lot of people don't really realize or that's not quite within their you know, understanding of these kind of things, but really that's where it's most key. You know, that's where you, I think you need to start applying it to then be able to experience it really deeply in moments where you are experiencing more tranquil, calm states, you know, being mindful of that is really pleasant, it's really peaceful, it's, you know, really healthy, but that's almost like the training ground to be able to use it in these more extreme moments where you can, you know, it's, it's more like a first aid kit, you know, like, if, yes. like, for me, like just like conscious breathing, like mindful conscious breathing, that is like one of the biggest 
things that has like changed my perspective, my mental health, my like everything. And when I recommend it to people, they're like, that's, that's it. Like that's the secret sauce. Like you're a life coach and you're telling me, don't forget to breathe. Like, but it's, it's like when you practice it consciously and you use it as a way to kind of get in to your system, to get behind your thoughts, like it is, it's incredible how powerful it is. And, you know, obviously for me, like hearing the impact that this, you know, bringing this into your life has had on you, you know, it, it is, it's just something that can really change the way that you feel day to day. It can change the way that you approach the world. And obviously mindfulness has come to mean a lot to you. It's, you know, mm. changed your life and is obviously a big part of it. Like the, the content that you create, like your, your blog, your newsletter, it's all, you know, putting out this message of bringing mindfulness into your life as, you know, not just a, a practice, but in terms of, you know, life design. Like that was kind of the, the crossover conversation. And you talk about life design and, imbuing that with mindfulness you know it's and I think that's honestly something that that life design is really missing you know from a lot of people it's very much life design is very much about habit hacking and success and business and your career but I think again I see it as a something that is more integral and holistic across domains of your life and using something like mindfulness to complement it I think is is really powerful so the the question I want to kind of get into there was like, why do you think mindfulness is, has come to mean so much to you? Like, you know, obviously it has had a big impact, but why do you think it's translated into being something so kind of at the forefront of your life? Like what, what, why is it what your, you know, business is, is geared towards? What, why is that your core message? Okay. Um, so that's such a big question to mm. be fair um, yeah, well, any way that you want or answer pieces off it you know we can we can dart around it okay thank you um i love that you've first of all that you said about um life design and bringing mindfulness in um that is a really encouraging and exciting um thing to hear from you because it is something i am very excited about myself and um, you know, I, I talk a lot about mindfulness because of how much it has changed my life and because of how much I know it can be used as a tool and how much power it can give us all mm. um, to just have a little bit more or feel like we have a little bit more control over, our, over ourselves and over our life and over our day, for example. Um, but mindfulness practice is something that I've seen a lot of people talk about and it's obviously something that I do practice myself um, by taking conscious moments throughout the day whether it be through meditation or through breathing exercises or through um, a mindful sense practice which is one of my favorite things ever where you use your your senses to um, really ground yourself in a moment whichever sense it may be mm. um, but for me personally and especially with keeping it mindful I've, my focus is more on mindful living. Mm. So the difference for me between mindfulness practice and mindful living is bringing mindful attention and deliberate attention to everything in our lives so that we can design our life to be 
the best version of whatever it means, whatever it is for us. Um, and that takes intentionality. It takes um, knowing yourself, self-awareness. It takes um, curating your life. And mindfulness is almost the undercurrent throughout all of that. Having that attention and that awareness is the only way that we can, or personally that I believe that we can start to design our life in that way and have that intention. Um, it involves self-development, it involves growth, it involves looking at our life holistically, sorry, um, and just becoming aware of ourselves and all the parts of our life and how they all fit together. And then designing our life according to what we've uncovered through that mindfulness. Um, and that is what keeping it mindful is all about. That is what mindfulness means to me. It's not just, like you said, stopping and having a moment or practicing the breathing technique, although that is something that I do throughout the day. It's about using the things that are uncovered through those practices and using the, those skills to feed the rest of my life and encouraging other people to do the same. Mm. that perspective on it makes like a lot of sense to me because I mean we're using different language to some extent you know but when you talk about mindfulness or mindful living and when I talk about life design it's really it's getting at the same principles you know it's taking a more conscious thought out holistic view of your life and thinking more deeply about why you're doing the things you're doing like how that embeds into your life through your values and through the you know structures of meaning that you have in your you know in various domains of your life whether it's your career or your relationships or whatever it's applying a different lens to it and yeah use, using that intentionally to make changes in your life like that is really what so like when i take people through the kind of coaching process like the life design coaching process before we talk about goals or their vision or any of the stuff that people you know want from the coaching we spend ages just talking about their current situation their life as it is yeah. their perceptions of that their beliefs around it their values you know the implicit stuff that they're not aware of yeah and that's because if you're not aware of that if you if you're not starting from that place then you, you don't have integrity in your goals and then where you're trying to go because you don't really know what your point A is. You can't get to point B unless you know where you are, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that whole mindful practice and deepening your awareness of where you are, like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's got to start there, you know? So I think we've got like a very kind of similar ethos in terms of like the, you know, the perspective we're taking despite the fact that You'd call it mindful living. I call it life design. At the end of the day, that's just that's that's just marketing. That's part of our brand, you know. But we're talking we're talking the same language, you know, which is I think really cool. It's, and I think the interesting thing as well, bit of a tangent, but it sort of appeals to to slightly different audiences. Like mm -hmm. when I talk to my audience and you know my clients about life design and habits and all this, they're you know totally on track. I could I could talk to them about the exact same thing in terms of you know mindfulness and awareness and it's just it's got 
you know, it's interesting the way it taps into slightly different audiences and it appeals to different values and, you know, despite the core of it basically being the same thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I find that, I find that quite interesting, yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of this is kind of geared towards obviously trying to help people, you know, through the content you make, through like everything that you're doing really, it's meant to be, it's meant to be taken in and implemented to some extent or reflected on or, you know, used to, to actually improve your life and to, to help people embody and kind of develop this mindset. So for somebody who is, you know, quite interested in mindfulness or, you know, they're listening to this and it, what you're describing really appeals to them, but maybe they, you know, they've never done breathing exercises or they don't really know kind of where to start with it. What do you think is uh, a kind of good way for people with little or no experience in all of this to kind of incorporate it into their lives or to kind of start experimenting with it and, you know, like practice it in some way? Okay. Um, I think one of the main things that I have had to say to a few people or that I'd like to say is not to overcomplicate it. Mm. So, um, we've both said at the beginning of this podcast that there's so much information out there that has different sort of slight tweaks on a viewpoint of what mindfulness is and I've, I've spoken to quite a few people who've said they've read all the articles they've read the books they've listened to the gurus and they still don't quite know what mindfulness is so they'll go well what actually is it and yeah. they're almost worried that they're not quite getting it the, the, yeah. they're not I, understanding the secret exactly and it's like they're they're not sure if they should be breathing in through their nose and out through their mouth or the other way around is one mindfulness and the other isn't i don't know you know it's, it's yeah. ridiculous yeah it's absolute overload yeah exactly yeah and i think that just not to worry that you haven't quite got it or not to worry that it's complicated because mm -hmm. mindfulness is so simple it is literally just awareness that's if, if you don't want to call it mindfulness, call it awareness. Um, and it's, I say it's simple, but it's not easy. It's not necessarily easy because like I said before, life isn't really tailored towards being mindful now. It isn't tailored towards slowing down or, you know, it, just breathing, conscious breathing isn't something that we naturally really do now. So it's not necessarily easy, but it is simple. Um, so don't worry if at first you struggle with it or at first you um, keep reverting back to not being very mindful. That is completely natural as well. Um, but to just keep trying and to keep... Um, the, there's lots of resources out there that you can use. Um, there's stuff just as simple as just counting to four as you're breathing is practicing mindfulness um there is a breathing exercise can i can i share it is that okay yeah that'd be brilliant yeah yeah so there's a breathing exercise that i use particularly when i'm in the middle of something that is really overwhelming because you know i have moments where i'm stressed to my back teeth and 
you know, can't cope. And the last thing I want to do is, or the last thing I feel naturally inclined to do is be mindful. But that's when I know I need to be mindful. And that will be when it's most helpful for me. So this breathing exercise is literally just counting to four, because sometimes that's all I can deal with in that moment. Um, so I, you breathe into the count of four, you hold your breath to the count of four, you breathe out to the count of four, and then you hold again to the count of four. And if you just do that just a few times, it slows your heart rate down, it slows your body down, and it sort of, because you're counting and because you're breathing to those beats of those counts, that in itself is practicing mindfulness because you're not really focusing on anything else. You're simply focusing and bringing your full awareness on that moment of what you're doing. And like I said, that is such a simple thing, but it is so effective in the moment and it is so counterintuitive, definitely, but can have such a huge benefit so that you anchor yourself, you bring yourself, you give yourself that space for just a few moments and then you can go about your day again and you will feel a, a, a or I personally feel a deeper sense of clarity and a deeper sense of ability to carry on with the rest of the day mm. um even if I have to go back to the cause of the stress I feel more equipped to deal with that because of that moment that I've given myself of mindfulness so don't overcomplicate it yeah because like even me, who's been practicing it for a long time, the, the exercises I turn to the most are the simplest ones, like just breathing. Mm. Yeah, that, I like that. And it is, it's, it is really simple, but it's, you know, and you, and you might think, well, I'm breathing all the time, like what difference is it going to make? But it's, yeah, I think you really do need to can experiment with it and just try implementing it. You know, it can be hard as well to, when you're in that state of stress to think, oh, I should, you know, do something about this because you're wrapped up in it. But it's, it's a skill that I think you've got to develop a bit over time and you've got to, you've got to kind of trust in the process a little bit. You've got to practice it. And I mean, for me, I've found that I don't even really realize I'm doing it a lot of the time now. Like I will mm. just, it's almost like I've, I've conditioned the response to, you know, so when I am stressed, when I, or even, you know, other things like when I'm trying to listen to somebody, when I'm trying to communicate, like I'll notice myself just going into that sort of you know really slow breathing and it's almost instinctual at this point because i've practiced it a lot and it is it's you know it's the really simple things i think that's a great point about not overcomplicating it like there's not mad esoteric stuff going on like you know you can do it that way if you want but it can be very simple it can be very people don't have to know that you are like doing mindfulness you know it's like it's no. again air quotes i need to say i need to say air quotes but um, yeah, like it's, it can be a, it's a subtle thing. It's just an internal process that helps you kind of be grounded. And, and like you said, I, I like that point of, you know, going back into the thing that's causing you the stress. But it's almost like, I, I don't know if you're like, if, if you're swimming, you know, you've got to come to the air, to the, to the surface for air. You're going to go back in your water. But it's mm. like that just process, you know, that it, it's going to allow you to keep going it allows you to go deeper it's yeah I, I quite like that and I mean you said that that is like a practice that you use in your life mm. and I was yes. wondering as well what other ways are there that you actively incorporate mindfulness into your life and are there specific 
areas of your life that you find yourself like really kind of like applying that or where it's particularly useful? Um, so one thing I really love about mindfulness is mm. that it, it can be something that's so easily integrated into our daily lives without much upheaval. So if you already have your routine and you are someone who, who likes to be go, 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 and you know, you've got your, your entire day mapped out and you think, well, I haven't got time for mindfulness. Mm. That's, that's not necessarily the case because you can literally put it into your routine and that's one of my favorite things about it because I'm someone who thinks she hasn't got time for everything <laughs> um, but mindfulness is literally I can do it whilst I'm going about my day so um, a couple of the ones that I do personally use you know obviously we've got um, mindfulness meditations that you can use that um, there's there's so many apps and websites and downloads that you can now use that take you through a proper mindfulness meditation and they are so beneficial and a lot of the time you come away feeling quite wonderful because you've not only practiced some mindfulness but you've also given yourself that time to do it which is is a is a great feeling knowing you've given yourself that gift of time as well as the practice um but if you the 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 practice the, um, sorry the techniques that i particularly encourage people to use are the ones that you can just use as you're going about your day um, and I've shared one the breathing technique um, and I mentioned my other favorite which is uh, the senses technique so using your five senses to ground yourself in the moment and bring your full mm. awareness to the um, the surroundings that you're in mm. and I particularly use it with um, the sense of sight because I am a very visual person I like to see everything um but you can use it with any of your senses touch smell hearing can't think of uh, taste um and it's a really good one for if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed as well i used to use it in the office all the time when i worked in a in a corporate company mm. and there was so much noise and the telephone was always going and emails were popping up and people wanted my attention and i'd get very overwhelmed again that was that seems to be a a, a bit of a, a key phrase today um mm. but i'd use the sense of sight to ground myself in the moment and no one knew i was doing it um which was perfect i'd either take myself off to make a drink air quotes yeah. um, and i'd take myself into the canteen and i'd look out the window and people could be in the canteen and they just think i was staring out the window when really i was one, doing some breathing, some conscious breathing, and two, looking out and seeing everything that I could see in that moment. And I, I don't necessarily just mean, oh, I can see cars and I can see birds. It was more practicing mindfulness using your senses. It's more about digging a little bit deeper. So, oh, I can see cars. Well, okay, how many, how many red cars can I see in this moment? Oh, I can see five, brilliant, right. How many birds can I see? Well, I can see some moving around. I can see one sitting on a tree over there. Well, oh, that tree's swaying in the breeze. That must mean there's wind and so on. Just mm. digging a little bit deeper, seeing how much I can see within just a minute. And the, one of the key things with mindfulness is to be, become aware, notice, observe, but not judge. Mm. 
not judge and just move on to the next thing because we're not in that moment to judge anything we're not in that moment to be like oh well i can only see three birds well why can i see only three birds it's more i can see three birds what else can i see and that that practice took me out of my head or it took me out of that overwhelm and it gave me some space some mental space some clarity and it's like i said it's one of my favorite things to do i'll do it um whilst I'm a passenger in the car, I'll do it when I'm sat at my desk, you know, uh, how many textures can I see? How many colors can I see? Just to stop thinking about the past, stop thinking about the stress of, the mo of whatever I'm doing and to stop worrying about the future, just bring myself into the moment. And I've taken a, a while to explain that I suppose, but it's such a powerful technique um, and such a beneficial technique. And once you come away from it, again, you feel so much more equipped to deal with whatever else you've got going on in the day. And we are busy people. We have lots going on in the day. So expecting us to be mindful in the sense of that I think a lot of people believe mindfulness to be where you are this Zen master who floats around and who isn't bothered by anything. That's not a realistic expectation I don't think so you know you can be super busy and you can get stressed and you know have all the natural reactions to life that we as humans have but just having those moments where you can use the tool of mindfulness to just give yourself that mental space or clarity the physical space or clarity as well mm. and just have that moment it makes everything else seem easy is not the right word, but just you feel more capable and you feel more equipped to deal with it. Um, and I think that that has made such a difference in my life personally. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about it because I think we all do need these tools to use. Um, and this, realistic expectation that we are still human and that we're going to experience the plethora of emotions and experiences that we have but to still have those few tools that we can just whip out when we need to yeah i mean that's such an important point the, the this idea that you as the you know messy entirely human thing that you are like you can you can bring these practices into your life and it's not that by doing that you're going to transform into some zen master you know it's you will be the messy human that you are who now has some tools and resources that you can use to to navigate that stress and navigate that space that you're in and i think yeah. that perception again because unconsciously i think holds people back from exploring things like this because they think well, I'm not some, you know, spiritual Zen person. That's not a thing I would do, you know, mm. because they create this kind of disconnect. Mm. And I mean, I think that's the case for a lot of things that people otherwise would want to pursue in life. It's that they don't, they, they don't conceptualize themselves as somebody who does those things, you know, because we have our, our kind of default perception of ourselves. And if it doesn't include something like, you know, practices mindfulness or whatever it might be, plays guitar, we think, well, that's not me, therefore that can't be me. 
you know, it's mm. like, it's that, that kind of like homeostasis mechanism that wants things to just stay as they are. So I would say to anyone who's listened to this and kind of interested in it or has, you know, kind of dabbled in it before and didn't sustain it or thought, oh, well, I won't bother because it hasn't worked immediately. It hasn't cured me. It hasn't, you know, whatever, because we lay these weird expectations on things like absolutely like run through these like i would i'm gonna save the the exercises that you talk through as like a short or you know just like individual clips as well so that people can go to those because i think they'll be really useful you know i mean even just like when, when i was like listening to you like talk through it it was like it was like i, I could see the, the birds and stuff it's like i don't know it was, it was nice <laughs> like it's yeah like the the guided oh, yeah. meditations and stuff like like you were saying you mm. can find them on youtube or there's all sorts of apps and whatever but yeah i mean it's it is such a useful tool to bring into your life and so i'm glad you went into the the, the detail of it there because I, I do think it's important for people to really grasp what this is and that it's you know i like the point you made where you've got to kind of really kind of like engage in it you've got to to look at the scene and almost kind of play with it like be a bit creative you know like ask yourself like okay so what can i see oh i can see my plant okay so how many shades of green can i see on that plant and i could sit and count them you know like it's it's kind of just it's really you're dropping into like a totally different way of like perceiving your whole environment and that that practice it i think kind of builds up over time it kind of it trains a different muscle and then that's what allows you i think to to approach bigger things you know it allows you to approach the idea of your life as a whole or the idea of you your trajectory through life in a mindful way like we were talking about earlier is you know in terms of how this kind of practice and how this perspective more so i suppose ties into to life design it allows you to look at things more more as they are you know it allows you to really understand what's going on without all the, like you say, all the judgments, all the conflicting viewpoints, all the, you know, nagging voices in your head. Because I think that's something that really throws people off in being here, you know, is judgments they have about it. Or like you say, like thinking about, you know, the future or past, that's kind of the classic, like we're never in a moment because we're either here or there, you know. And yeah. that was something actually that, like, I don't know what your kind of experience of this is or like how, how you can approach it through you know mindfulness but when i realized that if i was say i was meditating and i can't help but think about something that happened yesterday or last year or i can't help but think about what i'm gonna have for dinner or you know like there's something on my mind when i realized that you know the, the meditative practice is to just again become aware mm. and if what i'm becoming aware of is that I am thinking about yesterday, then I can just become aware of that. You know, it's not, you're not trying to achieve some specific state. You're just literally just, I mean, it, you, it almost sounds like too simple. You, you can't put it, you can't put it simply enough. It's like, it is literal awareness. Like, and if that, if the content of your awareness is currently that you are engrossed with thoughts about what you're going to be having for dinner, just notice them, you know, and just let, that be what is on your mind you know you don't have to pursue it you don't have to follow it you don't have to worry about it you can just see that 
the best analogy I think is seeing your thoughts as if they were like clouds or like sticks in a river. You know, they can they can drift away and you don't have to run after them. You know, I think I think it's I think yeah, it is literally just about stepping back and viewing your thoughts as a whole. You know, viewing them and them as part of your experience, hearing them as if there's like a radio on in the background somewhere. You know, it's it's just part of the world around you. But we've got this distinction that we make, I suppose, between the world in our head and the world outside it, and we get kind of trapped between the two. You know, so it's a it's a weird one to navigate, and like you said, it's not necessarily easy, but it's simple, and it just yeah. I suppose it takes practice. Yeah, and that whole that whole idea we're, that we were exploring a bit earlier about how this applies to life design and mindful living, you know, again, basically getting at the same thing. That process of being, you know, aware of your, your thoughts, aware of your judgments, able to kind of drop into a more mindful present state. Obviously that, that kind of process is, is, is key to designing a, a life that is more, meaningful to you, more, you know, imbued with purpose. So what would you say would be some relevant considerations for somebody who say does practice mindfulness? The, they are sort of like engaged in that way, but they're interested in this perspective of mindful living, you know, like taking that approach and applying it to their life more broadly, like they're their goals and their environment, you know, their it being a broader thing than just the the exercises. What would be some considerations for somebody kind of wanting to to look into that and and take that forward? This this idea of designing your life mindfully. What do you think would be a few important things for that person to consider? That's a really really good question that i think the first and foremost thing that that we need to consider before we can change anything before we can um design anything the way we want to is to be completely aware of what life is like currently you've mentioned it uh, briefly before but knowing where we are now mm. is the first step towards knowing where we want to go or how we're going to get there Absolutely. and mindfulness is such a or mindful the, a mindful approach towards this is such a powerful way of starting to understand where we currently are and who we currently are as well and through different exercises so it could be um meditation it could be journaling journaling is a really really effective way of um practicing mindfulness and practicing self-awareness so that we can start to uncover truths about how we feel about things, how we view things, what we really want. Um, and once we know what we really want, how we're gonna get there. Um, seeing things or starting to use mindfulness in, in a similar way to how we've already said through just digging a little deeper, looking a little under the surface or deep under the surface mm. um, each time, trying to just go a little bit further so okay where am I at in my life right now well I don't like my job well why don't I like my job well because of 
the people I work with. Well, why don't I like the people I work with? Or what is it about the people I work with that is causing me to feel this way? And then, well, maybe they don't have the same ideals as me. Well, okay, what are my ideals? Mm. Then we're starting to get a little bit further and a little bit deeper into yeah. ourselves and also what we're able to control because a lot of um, aspects of life design and mindfulness is all about us turning the camera, turning the magnifying glass on ourselves completely because there's a lot in our lives that we're not in control of. We're not in control of how, um, how the world is. We're not in control of our bosses say or what our family members say or you know so many things we cannot be in complete control of but we can be in control of ourselves and what we want and how we can adjust our experience of life and adjust our approach to life in order to um, live a better life for ourselves and when I say better life, I don't necessarily mean that I know what a better life for you is, or you know what a better life for me is, what we know a better life for ourselves are, mm. um, or is, whichever is gram grammatically correct. <laughs> um, and that is how mindfulness comes in, because unless we are completely aware of ourselves and how we feel and how we, what our view of the world is, we can't truly start to design anything moving forward at all. Um, and I think you, you see this quite often in, in, in people, they don't know what they want. Mm. And by the way, we don't have to have those answers straight away. You know, I don't have to say, Jason, what do you want with your life? And you, you can tell me, you know, it's not an elevator pitch. Um, but if you decided that actually you want that answer and you are going to go away and you are going to find that answer, the only person you could find that answer from is yourself through mindful awareness yeah. of who you are. Um, so it is such a, it's a, it's a very important part of the puzzle that and I think it's probably the first part of the puzzle to be fair. Um, but it's also one that you can use throughout the entire process. Mm. You know, we're always evolving, we're always developing. And I might decide that, um, as an example, I might decide I want to be a, um, an artist and I do all the things that I, um, that I need to do in order to become an artist. And then six years down the line, I might decide that actually I'm not happy. So I have to go through the whole process again of figuring out why I'm not happy and being aware enough to know I'm not happy and so on, so that I can then evolve into whatever experience is going to make me happier again. Yep. Does that make sense? That, yeah, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's the start, but it's also something that we need to use to check in with ourselves yeah. throughout the whole process of, of life design, the whole process of just living. If we have these tools of mindfully checking in, mm. we're making sure we're staying on course, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes absolute sense. Like that, the idea of, of using mindfulness as a form of self-inquiry and not just stopping it, you know, I don't want my job. Mm. And then just, you know, whatever emotional response comes up there leads to whatever reaction and then you just sustain that whole thing. Instead, you're letting yourself have the conversation with yourself. 
and that is such an important thing because it's it's providing you with information it's it's data for you mm -hmm. to then you know make a decision make a change to, to address it and like you said and that i think that's an excellent point that this tool is always there as you're going through the process for you to it's about being open to feedback it's about always checking in and saying right okay so how am i engaging with this how is this resonating with me how is this experience actually playing out in real time am i actually enjoying it and getting purpose and you know a sense of purpose and pleasure from it and being open to that feedback you know again not getting stuck in this idea of like you know oh, i said i want to be an artist and now i'm an artist and i thought it would make me happy so i'll say i'm happy you know like that kind of plays out subconsciously but if you really feel into your own experience and you can say well you know, when I reflect on my life, I say, well, yeah, I'm happy. But when I think about my actual lived experience in this moment, I'm not that happy. And I feel like that a lot, you know, that's a very different perspective. And one of them you can do a lot more with that's actually going to help you to change that situation, you know? So yeah, I mean, that was, that was like a, a, a great place. I think for somebody who does want to, you know, make, bigger changes in their life and use this very you know mindful aware intentional approach i think yeah i would totally agree that's the place to start with yourself mm. check in ask yourself the questions like have the conversation with yourself you yeah. know so yeah i think that's yeah it's an excellent point yeah thank you i think it's um beneficial to know that the more mindfulness techniques you practice and the more um mindful attention you give yourself mm. the more natural it becomes to the point where i find myself doing it without even thinking now so i'll sit and i'll think i'm feeling a bit anxious about this situation oh well why am i feeling anxious oh well it started like this and oh well it's probably you know this triggered it and so on it's it's a whole new ex another experience of being more aware of yourself without even realizing. And I'll sort of then sit there and I'll think, oh, I've just, I've just been really mindful of my situation without even really having to intentionally do it. Mm. So the more you practice, the more it becomes like second nature. Mm. Not all the time, but it, it certainly becomes a lot easier and a lot more um, natural to do. So I think that's, really beneficial to know that it's not always it's not always this thing that you have to sit down and intentionally do mm. because often it starts to become something that you just become more self-aware as you're going along which makes the whole life design process a little bit easier as well because you're constantly checking in naturally with yourself mm. yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah it's like you're you're you know you're putting the structure in place you're building the foundation the the habit really and then you've got a new default and, and like you say yeah it's not like you're always going to again you be super mindful all the time of everything that's just not how our mind works it's you know you're gonna have times where you're completely distracted and you you know you let everything slip and you're just you're not approaching yourself or your your life from that perspective but again that's that's part of the, the human process, you know, you can't, yes. you know, and, until we have chips in our heads, we, we can't get 
into the, the hardwiring, you know, like it's, we just kind of have to, to remember to come back to, to using the tools to, you know, taking that perspective. And it is, it's, it's a, you know, it's a kind of back and forth. It's a, a bit of a, a bit of a balancing act, you know, you can't, you can't try and be there all the time because then you'll just stress yourself out by trying to always be mindful, you know, and that would yes. drive you insane. <laughs> you know, you've got to yeah. accept that, you know, like what's the, what's the expression like, you know, fall down five times, get up six. Like that's it. Yes. It's the same in meditation. You're not going to be aware of your thoughts, you know, consciously aware of your thoughts all the time. Sometimes you're going to be unconsciously aware of your thoughts, which is, you know, called thinking. And then you're going to switch back to being aware of the fact that you're thinking. Mm. Then you're just going to start thinking. Then you're going to come back to being aware of it. You know, it's just, it's that constant back and forth. You can't just be in one mode all the time because that's not how our brain works. You know, you, you have yeah. hardware in there that functions a certain way and you can't entirely change how that, how that works. You know, you've got to kind of just, again, it's kind of balance. And, and that was something when we talked before, you brought that up as being like a, you know, quite a, quite a key thing that you found yourself exploring in life was this idea of, of balance. So, and obviously that is quite a, it, it opens, <laughs> opens the door to a lot of perspectives, to, you know, there's a million ways you could run with this, but yeah, I wonder if you yeah. could just speak to that theme of finding balance in life and what that means to you. Okay, yeah, when we when we spoke about this before, when you told me this question, I was like, oh my goodness, that's, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, we might, um, we can touch on it, and then maybe that'll be round two, we'll specifically dig into that. That sounds, that sounds like an awesome idea, I love it. Um, okay, well, balance is, it's a theme word in my life, it, it was the word that um, kept coming back to me over over the whole of 2020 to be fair um, and I think the world around us it tends towards leaning one way or another there seems to be so many extremes in the world extreme opinions extreme arguments beliefs thoughts actions a lot of the time and therefore finding balance isn't always the easiest mm. and I think we can be influenced quite easily into um, almost seesawing between two or more beliefs rather than finding that that nice balance between them um, and the, there's, there's three main places in my life that I'm trying to find balance and I'll touch on them briefly um, mm -hmm. but one is to approach my well-being holistically so not to focus so much on one aspect of my well-being that I'm neglecting the others because we are very holistic beings. We do need to have um, to, to give some attention and some love to all aspects of ourselves, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, um, whatever it may be. Finding that balance is quite, I find it important and I find I suffer if I don't find that balance. Yeah. The other one is the balance between self-love self and self-improvement. I think we can either be striving so much for goals and striving so much to um, improve ourselves that we're almost being too hard on ourselves or we can swing the other way and um, me personally I'm really bad I'm, I've noticed I have a tendency to to be that way where I'm 
striving so hard to move forward that I'm being too harsh. Mm. Um, and I have to remember to, to bring a little self-love into it and to accept myself as I am in the moment. Mm. but also to know that you know self-improvement is a way of showing love to myself as well mm. and then um the one that the, this one is the one I struggle with the most and that is finding the balance of rest and productivity I um I think this is one that I think a lot of people seem to be highlighting at the moment as well with yeah. with us going into lockdown at the moment so many people are either saying you know how can you still be productive what can you achieve before the end of the year and then other people are saying whoa 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 give yourself time to rest you know you don't have to be productive all the time so I think this is one people are becoming more aware of yeah um and I, I do think it's one that a lot of people tend to struggle with you either feel like you have to be productive all the time <clears throat> or you're giving yourself so much rest that you then almost feel lethargic and like you've not fulfilled any purpose. So mm -hmm. finding those balances, and yeah. I don't have all the answers yet, yeah. <laughs> um, but finding that balance between the two, I think is such a personal thing as well. Everyone has a different level of balance that they need to find. Mm. You know, some people, the balance of productivity and rest, some people will need to rest more than be productive to be, to feel fulfilled and others will need it the other way. You know, it, it's such a personal thing that I don't think, you know, I can't give you the answer and you can't give yeah. me the answer. You know, it's, it's such a individual thing, mm. but it is also something that is so key to find in order for us to have that level of personal joy and um i think inner peace as well you know if we're if we're so imbalanced we're, we're going to feel topsy-turvy we're not going to feel that level of of peace yeah yeah that's all excellent points and pretty much every one of them really hit home for me as well i mean yeah it's and i think it is they're pretty universal struggles at this point the mm. you know the kind of trying to be productive striving to do more to better yourself to all that versus accepting who you are as you are resting taking care of yourself and yeah these aren't mutually exclusive they come in different forms everybody's you know going to be at a different place require different levels and approach them in such different ways so yeah it's like you say it's a it's a completely unique thing to the person but at the same time what we all have in common is that we need to address it in our lives, however it happens to show up for us. Mm. You know, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I think there, there are a lot of life design tools and processes that like I can use in my own life or in my, my coaching to help people balance those out. But really what it all comes down to is noticing what you're prioritizing, you know, and what your defaults are. So if you, are somebody who is very much, you know, type A personality, go, 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 let's get stuff done, let's bullet point my day, let's take everything off, and like, you know, I've got my keywords highlighted. <laughs> that, you know, you're gonna benefit from, you know, taking half hour nap in the middle of the day. You're gonna benefit from reading a book. You're gonna benefit from like, just lying down and not doing anything. But mm -hmm. you're also very unlikely to do any of those things and you're almost guaranteed not to schedule them into your day. But, you know, if you're on, on that kind of level, then use your proclivity to planning and strategy and execution to say, right, okay, so if I could prioritize rest and relaxation, B 
because it's going to benefit me. It's going to mean I get more done, you know, in, in total, maybe not all at once, maybe not right now, but in general, it's going to mean it's more sustainable for me to be productive if I rest. Okay, so now you've gauged why it's good for you. Then use the fact that you're a, you know, you like to bullet point and plan and write to-do lists to schedule those things in. And then you just have to, you'll be uncomfortable at first because taking a nap in the middle of the day isn't going to seem very productive and on it, you know, but once you kind of get through that initial discomfort and once you can accept that somebody like you can do something like this mm. because it's going to benefit you, it's going to feel good. It's good for your health. It's, you know, it's your, it's, it's self-care. It's, it's something that you need. Then yeah, you can start to kind of restructure how you approach life and a more, like you say, it's, it's taking a more holistic approach to things. And again, yeah. if you're on the other end of the spectrum, and you are, like you say, like self-compassionate to the point where you make yourself lethargic, you know, because if the, as soon as anything troubles you, you're like, no, 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 you should have a nap. You should eat some ice cream and lie down and watch the next season of Game of Thrones. Yes. You know, it's like there's, it, you can push that to a point where it makes you ill, you know. Mm. So it's really, it's about, and like you said earlier, the, the process starts by asking yourself the questions, by the saying, okay, so... What does my life look right, like right now? How does my life feel right now? You know, how am I approaching it? How, and then really, like you say, digging in, finding the deeper questions to ask, and then running that process from the, you know, the introspective, like, okay, what's going on here, to the execution, what should I do about it? You know, that's yeah. mindful living, that's life design, that's ultimately what we're both advocates of, really. And yeah, yeah not in the sense that, We've mastered it by a long shot, but in that we value it and we want to share it with people. You know, I mean, for me, it's I experiment and test out a lot of different approaches and share what works. I, you know, I, even if it's just, you know, my kind of like a lot of the writing I do is very kind of personal and reflective, almost like I just share my journaling. It's not like actionable, you know, how to blog posts all the time. It's like this is the process of introspection I've been going through and you know, you can get something from that. It's, it's just all about sharing, you know? And I think like you as a, as a content creator, like, I think, you, you know, you do that excellently. Like I know that Thank you. I've gotten so much value from having you, you know, you, you show up on my Instagram. And I think that's another point as well. I, I just want to kind of throw in, well, one, if you're not already following Kim, um, find keeping it mindful because you need that in your Instagram feed. But more generally, you. you know, the the type of content that we consume is something that I find people just default on a lot of the time. People will just follow mm -hmm. what's popular or what's recommended. People will say, oh, yeah. Facebook's terrible because there's nothing good on it. It's like, Facebook, it's not channel four. Like, you <laughs> curate your own Facebook feed. You decide what shows up on your yes. Instagram. You can block people from high school that you hate. You can unfollow accounts that, like, it's one that I found and that I recommend to people and they hate me for it is if you are prone to just falling into the trap of like watching like videos on, on Facebook or Instagram, if they're from specific accounts, block them, unfollow them. You might be enjoying, air quotes, the content in the mm. sense that it engages you, but it also zaps your energy, it drains you, it distracts you. So if you've got an account that you're following that does nothing but eat your attention, then unfollow it. You know, like find better stuff to consume. Use yeah. your awareness. You know, like it's 
yeah, like mindfulness and social media, again, I think is like a whole other like can of worms to get into another time. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I would definitely love to make this, uh, you know, I think again, at some point, like get you back on and dig into more because I mean, yeah, this has been a sort of introduction you know like a, a kind of skimming the surface of a lot of things like but at the same time we I think we have gone into quite a bit of depth which is good I, yeah. I think there's some stuff in here that people could really implement and find useful and mm. if people do want to find your your channels your blog uh, you, you know your you've got a newsletter where uh, can people can people find that um First of all, thank you very much for the the compliments. It's um, and the the feedback on my social media and, and things. I really do appreciate that. Um, on Instagram, I am under at Keeping It Mindful Blog, um, and that is where I tend to share a lot of sort of snapshots and graphics and things into how to incorporate mindful living, life design. Um, self-love all of these kind of things and also a little bit of the behind the scenes of keeping it mindful um the blog is literally keeping it mindful.com um and that's where there's more sort of actionable um content where you can find out how to live a mindful life mindful habits um self-care self-development all of that good stuff all in one place um and you can subscribe to Keeping It Mindful to get regular updates. Um, I put out general, generally weekly posts um, and a newsletter each month. Um, and if you subscribe, you get a free uh, digital workbook all about uh, removing toxic habits from your life to help you gain more energy. And, and these toxic habits are the kind of thing that almost we don't realize we're doing but have such power to drain our energy. So um, that digital workbook has a lot of information about these habits, how we can remove them from our life, and also some journaling prompts to really help you dig into, or mindfully dig into your own experience to see if this is something that's affecting you and how you can improve it in your life. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'll leave links to, to everything in the show notes, but yeah, it's um definitely worth checking out and i've downloaded that um your workbook the toxic oh, yeah 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 it's great yeah so thank you i'm highly recommended it's been yeah very very interesting conversation I'm glad we we managed to to get around to this and get into the the depths yeah, me too. so yeah thank you so much no, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And I look forward to hearing it come out. <laughs> and I also, if we do happen to dig a little deeper on some other topics, I, I would love that. That sounds really, really interesting. So yeah, thank you so much for, for having me on. I'd also like to say thank you to our listeners. And I do hope you take a moment to reflect on how you could start to implement some form of mindful practice into your day because it really is such a powerful way to reconnect with yourself and find a little clarity and more insight on the way you want to live your own life and begin thinking about life design and a more mindful approach to living. Just a reminder, there's going to be links in the description so you can go follow Kim or subscribe to her newsletter and have that regular reminder to keep it mindful to show up in your newsfeed and email inbox. 
And finally, again, the True Horizon program is going to be kicking off in January, so be sure to get in touch to find out more about that if it sounds like something you might be interested in. Spaces are limited and I will only be taking on five people to work with. You can keep up with me on social at jasonphillipblog or my website jasonphillip.blog, 1L and Philip. And of course, follow the podcast because I have some more excellent guests lined up for you and there'll be a new episode out next week. So until then, take care and thanks for listening.